All right, howlers. Let's get howling. But first, a couple quick warnings. First warning. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you can hear me. If you're not watching YouTube, you're missing out. You're really, <laughs> really missing out. Thanks to Red Prince Rising, Jesse, for making me this sick helmet. Ben has one too, but he's he doesn't have an armor outfit. For those uh, listening on the podcast, Aaron is in uh, dressed in full... Full metal panoply. <laughs> the two uh, razors. Here, she's geared up. She's ready to duel. I have Typhoros and Bad Lass. Bad Lass. And a helmet. That is pretty incredible. Don't be a pixie. (laughs) Second warning. This podcast contains spoilers for the entire Red Rising saga. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Etsy, email howlerpod at gmail.com. Visit us at howlerpod.com. And watch us be weirdos on YouTube. And we're still raising the roof. These are pirate swords. <laughs> Those are razors. I'm sorry. This is bad last. <laughs> Where's Pyphoros? I was doing the stance where he has one like up and then the other one's like a dagger. Yeah. Oh, I got it. I saw it. I'm Breath having trouble stone. talking into the mic and doing this. <laughs> so I'm going to stop. Yes. Watch us on YouTube and don't forget, rate and review, five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only, then we'll make you get the bell. <laughs> Confess. <laughs> and now, Howler Pod. Weapons, I ask. Honorable. Field? Dome. Panoply. He smiles with freshly picked teeth. <laughs> Full metal. Hello, Howlers! Welcome to Howlerpod, your podcast for all things Red Rising, where every episode we dive deep to break down, celebrate, and discuss all aspects of the fantastic Red Rising saga by Howler number one, Pierce Brown. Ow, ow! I am your host, Ben Reinert. I am joined, as always, by the amazing Aaron Ayers. Low Howlers. A chaotic intro today, but a fun one. Did you see my armor? <laughs> it's it's roll-up armor. Where did we get this? Ro- I know it. I think it came it's, in like a it's crate a or something snuggie. like that. Snuggy. Yeah. Yeah. We, oh, yeah. The crate. Yeah. Which is behind us as well. Yeah. And I think he came with the crate. Yeah. That, that was, was fun. That was today. fun. Uh, Aaron, what are we doing today? Merch. No, we're not doing merch. We're doing... <laughs> chapters i think i have abs i would say i would call those abs. armor Ar- abs. Armor abs yeah i don't have the armor boobs though i need like the pregnancy <laughs> uh i'm not pregnant but i need the <laughs> i need victor's <laughs> boob armor boob armor yeah what are we doing ben chapter 71 to 76 with special guest thomas boomhauer from the podcast high key obsessed and yeah. our friend yes our howler friend thomas will be joining us later in the episode here but first, let's load up this star shell and shoot straight into our chapter summaries. Hopefully, I don't shit this suit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I'm just going to keep it here. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> chapter 71, Darrow. 
Ashfar. Darrow, dripping in Leviathan guts, marches right up to Fa with Cassius and Severo on his flanks. Bodyguards swarm down to protect Fa, but Severo tells them all to halt or he'll blow the dart bomb he fired perfectly into Fa's chest. Darrow calls out Fa and declares his Ashvar. Fa is like, you can't even declare Ashvar. You're not an obsidian. Darrow's like, I am too. Who will vouch for me? Bueller? Bueller? <laughs> Nobody. Uh, he looks around to his old obsidian Jarls, but they seem too scared to speak up. It's not looking good. They're like, should we run? Darrow's like, no. They will do it. Finally, crafty old scarred steps up to the plate and speaks out. He is seconded by another, and just like that, let's get it on! Fox accepts the Ashvar and then sets the terms of the oncoming duel. Weapons, honorable. Field, dome. Panoply, full metal. Full metal. <laughs> What's panoply mean? Uh, it means like armor. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> another callback to the armor <laughs> this is made out of metal actually okay chapter 72 darrow full metal panoply darrow is getting a quick lecture from cassius before the duel begins watch out for the spikes don't use your grab boots etc etc fa is getting his spiky armor put on so cute little porcupine and is armed with his giant, scary Warsaw. Not surprisingly, there are Gorgons with Fa. Atlas, obvious. Gorgons. Come on, Fucking folk. Gorgons. Put it together. Darrow is armed with Pyphorus and Bad Lass. Cassius and Severo join the circle, and Darrow tells Fa if he confesses, he, let, he will let him leave with his life. Get the cowbell. <laughs> Confess. <laughs> the shield. I'm just going to hold these now. <laughs> I can whip it. <laughs> you better look out. I'm feeling a little bit in danger. <laughs> Don't worry. They're not sharp. <laughs> I didn't sharpen them. Uh, the shield dome drops over them and the duel begins. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't read and fight at the same time. Darrow quickly learns that Fa is not only huge and heavy, but he's also wily and fast. Darrow instinctively relies on the Willow Way, but everyone knows the Willow Way, bro. Stop trying to make the Willow Way happen. It's not going to happen. It's a mean girl's callback. <laughs> Darrow almost uses his boots, but listens to Cassius and spins away instead. He gets smashed by Fa and is spiked in the thigh with the poison spike. And now you are dead. The rest is all theater. Wow. Okay, Fa. Chapter 73, Darrow, the breath of stone. This is a long one. Stone. So, Do you want a sword? Hang in there. No, I'm good okay. on the sword. Okay. Thank you. So Darrow obviously anticipated Fa's poison spikes, and he's prepared. He's got antitoxins. He's got a blood leech. Uh, Darrow and Fa continue their duel. Darrow takes some more hits. He's been really unable to generate any actual offense against Fa and his thick-ass armor. But Fa is now clearly confused. Why isn't Darrow succumbing to the poison on his spikes? Hmm. Fa then taunts Darrow about his played-out willow-way techniques and tells him he is slow and weak. Overrated, bitch. Darrow. <laughs> I just added that in there. He didn't really say that. 
Darrow realizes that in his panic to survive the onslaught, he was falling back on the willow way, thinking it's some unimpeachable form. Well, it's been very impeachable, and it's time to adjust. Yes. He feels the European breeze coming up through a crack in the ground and starts to find his path and a new fighting form. Darrow, he enters the zone and starts to free himself for reacting and moving and flowing from one move to the next. He's like, wow, wow. (laughs) He's like, oh, I took a wrong step, but I'll just turn that into a new move. This is scary. (laughs) I told you. Towards my eyes. (laughs) (laughs) No longer the willow, now the breath of stone. He starts to land some blows of his own, picking off sections of Fa's spikes and armor and making him chase Darrow around and tire himself out, all while taunting him with continual clang, clang, clang. Confess! <laughs> I was late, sorry. Paul is like, what the fuck? I've never had to fight somebody this long. He's rattled. He's lost in the sauce and Darrow is fully in it now. My man is feeling it. He hacks off one of Fa's pauldron and hacks off a chunk of meat from Fa's shoulders. Oh, shit. Arnold voice, if it bleeds, we can kill it. Oh. You can get that reference. By the way, on YouTube, this like 3D where like the... <laughs> it's like coming at you. <laughs> <laughs> Put on your goggles. I mean, glasses. Okay. Yeah, you need to watch The Predator. The crowd, they're all freaking out now. They've never seen their all-father get worked over like this, let alone bleed. What's crazy to me, sorry to interrupt, is that they're not all here. Yeah. Like a bunch of them are on different islands. You got to imagine the radio chatter is pretty wild at that point, though. Do you think they're live streaming it? Somebody's got to be. Yeah. So soon, Fa, obviously, he's a fraud. He resorts to cheating. And the kin trailed uh, tries to interject themselves. Darrow, with the help of Severo, dispatches them pretty easily. And the rest remain still as they are surrounded by, you know, the Volk Jarls that are starting to turn against Fa. Uh, they're now starting to take up the clang, 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 confess call, and it's getting louder. Fa, he's very sad about his kinshield bros getting got, and he yells at everybody basically that, You're nothing without me. He's so hypocritical. He's like, He's like, <laughs> Sheep. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, Dude, you're breaking Ashfar. I know, he's a bitch. Then he looks to Volga. She turns her back on him. <gasps> this sends him into like an absolute roid rage. He goes after her. Cassius, acting quick, jumps over, runs over, and knocks him aside before he can reach her. And, not, and then all hell breaks loose. Some might even call it bedlam. <laughs> Fa gains his feet. And again, Daryl tells him to confess. Instead, he flees like a bitch. Uh, he's heading for the ban- Pandora. And he's going to nuke the shit out of everything unless they stop him. Daryl tells Cassius to summon Diomedes and the owls. And then the three best friends that anyone could ever have take off together, howling in pursuit of Fa. And I lived happily ever after. This is the three's company that I want to watch. <laughs> did you used to watch that? <laughs> no. I did. Were you watching on like Nick at Night or something? I don't know, man. Were you watching three's company? That's like a... I don't know, it's from like 80s, maybe, in the 70s? Dude, I don't know. <laughs> I watched it. And they changed the blonde out like we didn't notice. Huh. Chapter 74, Darrow, The Hunt. Cassius, Severo, and Darrow pursue Fa as he flees towards the Pandora. 
Cassius called the Ra and the daughters, but Severo is nervous about Diomedes following through. But Diomedes and Athena show up and chaos ensues. Our friends are here. They peel Fa away from the path to the Pandora and Diomedes and his four golds. They take on the remaining Gorgons that had been protecting Fa while Darrow and his crew follow Fa to one of the islands. Darrow falls onto Fa as he enters the feasts and the, the fight continues. Fa tries to get the Askamani to kill Darrow, but Darrow flows through them. Breath of stone. Let me get my razors. Breath of stone. Flows through them while Cassius and Severo cover his back. They jump island to island as Fa flees and Darrow pursues. Askamani and Jarls follow the hunt, laughing and toasting across the sky. Nice. Chapter 75, Lyria. Prove it! Volga flies to one of the smaller islands with the plan of uh, shooting them out into space where they can find an escape vehicle. She's running. Lyria is like, hell fucking no. Time to face the music, my friend. Volga is like, uh, no, 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 I will not do that. Lyria works her over and sets excellent boundaries for what her friendship entails. I was really proud of Lyria. And Volga says, you are tiny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yay. Cute Volga lines are back. Uh, she tells Volga she must choose who she is. Is she someone that runs? Or someone who takes accountability for their actions. Volga fights every instinct to run and decides to do the right thing. She will stay and she will face her mistakes. Lyria hops on her back. <gasps> piggyback ride. And they fly off to find Darrow in the still fleeing Fa. Backpack, backpack. <laughs> Chapter 76, Darrow by the Laws of the Ice. Darrow still chases Fa. Thousands follow them now, which I... I'm bad at like imagining numbers. Mm -hmm. So how many people are like at a chief's game? 70,000. So, okay. How many thousands? (laughs) We don't know. Lots of people. Finally, only the sea is ahead. Foss stops and drops his Warsaw. Darrow and the audience stop as well. Clang, clang, clang. (laughs) (laughs) The cowbell was out of reach. (laughs) Foss says, what do you want from me? And it's like, bro, (laughs) leave me alone. Confess. (laughs) He starts to bargain. His voice warbles and he discards his voice modulator, (laughs) which if you don't listen to the audiobook, it's like awesome because TGR is like going in and out of Mm the. uh, Oh, really? Nice. The fa voice. Darrow says, bro, confess already. Volga and Lyria fly up. Fa asks if he can leave if he confesses. Now he's begging. Darrow says that he won't kill him. He gives in and confesses. Atlas is my master. He gives, uh, Fog gives the backstory and he's proud of his brother, Atlas. He also in the process insults the Askamani <laughs> and the Volk, <laughs> which like, he really just goes, he's out like just ready to, he everybody. knows he's going to die. Yeah. He tells them the plan about the three-year reign and then the plan for Atalantia to be the savior, even though he knows it's Lysander now. He does not reveal this Tricky information. little bitch. Fa won't give up where Atlas is. Fa then calls out to his all-father and falls to his knees. Darrow takes the heart-ripping-out gauntlet from Cassius. Fa says, I told you he wanted the throne, and Darrow knows he can't be the one to kill Fa. Skarda is also not a good option because he's wily and wouldn't 
go along Greedy. with, you know, the Republic. Yeah. Darrow says, since Fa wasn't really a king, killing him won't make the executioner the new king. He says that the sins of the father must be dealt with by the family. So Volga must make the choice and deal with the, her grandpa. He gives Volga the gauntlet, gauntlet and steps aside. Volga asks Fa why. Fa tries to explain why he made Volga do the passage of stains. But before he finishes, Volga heart punches him, rips it out. Unworthy. Nobody cheers. The Askamani slink away. They're like, fuck. <laughs> this is here. not going well. <laughs> Severo jumps up onto Fa's corpse. That was hilarious. What do you call him? Like the creepiest town crier or something? <laughs> yeah. And he spells out the proposal they have of democracy. With a K. With a K. And I love I love this. He's like, you know how you are. <laughs> you do. He's like, yeah. no, no. The Volk will vote on their new monarch with the Republic acting as the mediators. Daryl will not be on the ballot and will not interfere. And then nobody ejects. Darrow and the crew then go up to the Pandora. They're still Askamani putting up resistance in the ship. Then Diomedes gets in Darrow's face. Darrow's like, dude, do you want the Volk helping us or not? We need an army. And the only army we have around is the Volk army. So that's the only hope we have is that the Volk join our side. Um, Severo is like, hey, let's go clear my wife's ship. Mm -hmm. So for now, there's killing to be done. They run off. Oh, yeah. And we don't see it. All right. The theme for these chapters is... A new path. Mm. Okay. I'm putting these down. Let's <laughs> put the swords away. Okay. Let's talk about a new path. We've got several characters that find a new path this week. Mostly um, Darrow finding... I think he's the main one. The, the path. For sure. He finds his path that leads him to his new fighting form, the Breath of Stone. It's great. I fucking love these chapters. I know. It's so good. I was just grinning the whole time. It's so much fun to read. Like, this is just good old classic Red Rising fun. Right it should, here. And you're just like, Pierce, <laughs> you son of a gun. He, he did it again. You son of a gun. <laughs> he did it again. Got me. Yeah. So let's hear this first quote. This is Darrow kind of having that moment where he's feeling the breeze He's thinking about the path to the veil. He's thinking about how the Willow Way is, you know, old and and played out now. And well, he's got to change something, or else he's, he's gonna he's die. Like, it's time for it's time to throw the change up out. Yeah. So so let's hear that. This is a really powerful moment. I feel like when he's feeling this breeze, he kind of goes like we get a whole two pages inside of Darrow's head that's not fighting. Right. And uh, it starts. But here. it's great. Yeah. It's so easy to forget the lessons we learn. I breathe in and out, centering myself, and find the smallest of your open breezes making its way into the dome. I realize after a beat that the cold air must be coming up from a crack in the ground, from the hollow core of the island itself. It is, just where Fa's first strike hit and broke the marble. The stone breathes, as it always has done. As it always has. <laughs> it's like Enya's playing yeah. softly. This is like that. No, it's first. the it's the um, Lord of the Rings. 
<laughs> oh yeah that is that's i like that and then sh- she's like whispering and then the horses come around yeah. you know you totally nailed that by the way thank you yeah so this is kind of that first moment of realization where he stops you know we've had that initial like shock of the first minute of the battle and you're like oh my god it's like another <laughs> yeah. it, it it's very stressful yeah uh when he fought apple it's kind of like right bro yeah what have you been doing mm-hmm losing is what you've been doing right and, and then, now we're winning yes and i love how he has that moment of realization where he's like you know every he, he had that initial shock and like he fell back on what he knew but now he's been reading the path to the veil and he knows that the way forward is to take a different approach right yeah, and can't so be a, a claw drill yes gotta be wind the wind that you know flows through and around and over it's also Pocahontas. <laughs> yes. Like embrace your inner po- um, Pocahontas, yeah. Darrow. For Be the sure. river. Be the river. Yeah. So I think this moment of realization is just beautiful. The imagery there is beautiful. Him like stopping in the intensity of that moment and then just feeling that small breeze, I think it is great. And then later on, he talks about the Willow Way. And this is where really where we start to get into the development of the breath of stone and this new path, this new fighting path that Daryl's on where he's, you know, finding what works for him. I thought there was no potential beyond mastery of the willow way. Even training with Cassius in the pinched confines of his dueling room felt as though we were only refining that craft. No, we were sharpening my fundamentals so I could find my art form. I love, nice. the, I love the call out of my art form. Yes. Like that's, incredible and it's Um, like you know lorne was the greatest razor master of mm -hmm. his generation it's a new gen bro yes it's new gen you've been studied this is gen (laughs) a a a a a z z z z z (laughs) well i'm just loving like how everything that he's doing in this book is him kind of recognizing the things that he was holding on to and how those things were holding him back and like those old ways yeah. were not solving his problems. In fact, they got him into the worst situation he's ever been in and in his life. Everyone's wise to it. Yes. I mean, th- and this is just everything. Not only is it his fighting style, but it's just like his penchant oh, for the, just running headlong in, yeah. into whatever. Being a bull in a china shop. Yeah, him going in onto Mercury, like, yes, he did a lot of good to like try and save his army, but at the same time, like all of that situation, even from even the very being start, on Mercury. Yeah, yeah, could have you know been avoided if he's more flexible with it, the way he approaches things. So like, mm-hmm. I love this realization that Daryl's having. It's it's down to every single thing, including the Willow Way, which he thought was so like no one can beat this. But at the same time, he lets that go, and he realizes that you know now it's time for him to develop himself and find a new path. And he doesn't let it all go. He like. He takes everything yeah. he's learned to make like a moving willow way, basically. Right. Yeah. Don't be the tree that pivots. Yeah. Like move with the. Yeah. He's got not centered be pushed in one around. place. Yeah. So yeah. And he can move around now and like play off of it and, and just be more in a flow state. And it's incredible description. I just love that aspect. It of makes the book. me like, man, I need to meditate more. Yeah. Right. I need to get into the path well it makes you want to just like work on a skill so that you can get into this like zone area because like i don't know like it's so much like being a kid or something you do all this type of stuff when you're a kid where you like have the free time to work on stuff or like be really into something you know but as you get older 
you're doing work all the time, you lose your hobbies and stuff like that. But those are the moments like when you're not thinking about anything that gives you anxiety and you're just like, right. just in know, the moment, right. You're completely like in, the in the moment and you're yeah. free and you're in your body doing your thing. It's like, those are the moments that are, are special. I feel like, and, um, Daryl discovering that again is really cool. Okay. So let's also talk about Lyria and Volga. Volga, she decides on a new path for herself and it's spurred on by this really incredible speech from Vol- uh, from Lyria. And I wanted to put this like whole thing in there because it's so good. Yes. Like There's like three paragraphs though. So I had to kind of cut yeah. it into just one section, but Dude, this is so good. I, I, Lyria I, killed it. I absolutely love Lyria uh, so she, much. And she even says it. She's like, I, I have convictions. Yeah. Yes. It's it's incredible. Like, hell yeah, you do. Yeah. You don't get to run anymore, Volga. I'm glad you didn't tear out my heart and throw it in the fire. Really? Thanks. I'm glad you didn't have that in you. But you killed 13 people before me. 13 women. What the fuck? You might not be broken, but you got stains on your hands. If you run away now, you always will. Don't you think that's what Ephraim would tell you? You have to face what you've done. You said your people are here. Prove it. Mm. Wow. Prove it, Great Olga. job, Nick. That was incredible. I um, like when Lyria like, throws yeah. sand yes. at her. Yes. Like, fucking listen to me. Uh, I think the most powerful part, and I couldn't include it because I wanted to kind of get more context, but I think the most powerful part of that is when Volga this whole speech kind of like what kicks this off this speech is like Volga goes, but they'll kill me if I go back, you know? And she's like, so what? Yeah. Then they kill you. That's what is right. Like, I think that is just incredible. Like that shows you the level of conviction that Lyria has. Like, yeah, no matter what, like, yeah, they are going to kill you, but that's what you have to do to be accountable, you know, for this situation. Like you just killed 13 people. Like if, you, if they kill you, they kill you. Cause even before the 13, she also helped Fa kill all these other people right, and take right, prisoners and right. slaves. And, but it's the right thing to do. And, you know, compare this. I, and this is where I really love to compare like Lyria and her convictions and how much she believes to Lysander because he's not willing to die for what he actually believes in with his morals he will go along with it, you know, like yeah. he doesn't think what Atlas is doing is right, but it gets him a means to, it's a means to an end for him that he wants. Yeah. And so he's not willing to like put his life in danger in that situation to stand up for what he actually thinks is right. But he'll just go along with it because he ultimately can justify it to himself that he's like, getting I'll to. fix it later. Right. Exactly. I'll kill him later. Yeah. But think like, think about that. As long as, I'm not going to die. Right. So I just love that, like that purity of intention and conviction that, that Lyria has. And she finally sets Volga straight. Yeah. Volga gets back on the path that we always like expected her to be on. Um, and, and I think it's just, it's a super powerful moment. I I love that speech from Lyria. Lyria is amazing. And this, Lyria bringing Volga in and making her not run away is really the only chance we have of getting the Volk to Mm. like do what we want them to do right in the next set of chapters yeah there would be no chance to like find a leader for them like that they would accept probably right so 
Uh, and then speaking of the Volk, like they also get a new path, right? Yeah. So, you know, we talk about, Daryl talks about their religion and just the, how they're ruled by fear and power and that kind of thing. And now they're getting this chance at democracy. So let's hear uh, this quote from Darrow. The Obsidians is a cult of silence that follows strength. That silence is called honor, but really it's fear. The seeds of resentment sown here will grow to yield more destruction. The Obsidians will rebel again, or, when I die, start the cycle all over. I cannot decide their fate, either by sitting on the throne myself or installing a puppet. Yet if I leave the throne empty, they will destroy each other in their rush to fill it. Nothing will change. So I will try to get them to tread a thin line between chaos and tyranny. A fragile experiment that we call democracy. 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 <laughs> With a K. We have yes, to say it every time. We say it. It's, it's misspelled. I don't know, I don't know why. Because <laughs> uh, it's the new democracy. I think it's actually because it's the old democracy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but in the future. Right. But in it's space. like the Greek spelling of democracy, I think. After. It is. Uh, the yes. C is anglicized. I'm sorry. Yeah. I think that's what's going on. Great. I'm tr- sound, trying to sound really smart here. so You always do. <laughs> and I just believe you. That's, that's how this I works. Know, it's just about confidence, really. <laughs> uh, so. And that's what, that's what Darrow's showing here. <laughs> exactly. It's confidence. Confidence. And uh, yes, now like the Obsidians are getting a chance to do something different. Like, they've and got- they've been chafing against this path that they've been on ever since. Right. Uh, Sefi was killed. Right. Um, there and uh, Sigurd was like, "We need a queen back. Like this isn't working." Right. With the king. Yep. And it's been very just like kind of a circle of destruction for them. We're just going kind of round and round. They can never the really toilet get, drain. Yes, never can get out of the same patterns. And it's like a snake eating its own tail, you know. And this gives them a chance to to break those patterns find a new path where they can choose their leaders democratically yes. and then actually go from there and see if they can hold it together with that. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, that is our theme for this week, a new path. Thank you, Nick, for the quote. Yes, Nick, great job. Let's move on to our next segment, a favorite here on Pod. How was Cassius hilarious today? How was he hilarious today? I picked out, I mean, there's not there a were, lot of Cassius hilarity. It, there were a few where like Severo was funny. Yeah. Like them together was funny, but yeah. I kind of liked when Cassius took a shot at Severo uh, when he's like helping Darrow out, when he's giving Darrow the pep talk. He says his armor is as thick as Severo's head. Nice. <laughs> Which is pretty good. That's funny. But the moment that I did pick was at the very end of these chapters when they're on the Pandora and Severo's like, we got to get all these Ascomani out of this place. It's filthy in here. And and Cassius goes, oh, now you care about a ship being clean. That's rich. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then there's the joke later on about cleaning out your halls. And Severo's like, fucking fuck off, man. Let's go. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he was hilarious. Yeah. So that was uh, that was Cassius being hilarious. He was also sweet today because he was like very concerned about lyria yes i was i mean that's just classic like he's like guarding darrow and then the minute lyria is in danger he's like sorry (laughs) darrow yeah let's uh let's savor these moments because 
There are few. <laughs> There's not many left. <laughs> I know. All right. Now that we've uh, talked about our theme and, and Cassius, Cassius. <laughs> let's uh, bring on our guest. Our special guest, Thomas Boomhauer. Yes. Please welcome to the Hallerpod stage, Thomas. Up next. <laughs> oh, wow. There he is. I love it. Goodness. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for gracing us with your presence. <clears throat> a man of distinction. Are you wearing pants under that? Hallepod, <laughs> I found <laughs> Incredible. We love it. Welcome. When I heard <laughs> that you would be covering Lightbringer, I wept for your purity. <laughs> For your valor. And where has that brought you? To me. <laughs> Incredible. Did you have to practice this? Wait, are you done? I did. I've been rehearsing. <laughs> I did. I've for been weeks. rehearsing. For weeks. <laughs> well, please welcome Thomas Boomhauer. A.K.A. Apollonius. Of Haiki Obsessed to the podcast. Welcome, Thomas. Thank you for showing up Thank naked. You. <laughs> I actually I have a tank top and shorts on. <laughs> oh man. Seeing behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. Uh why don't you give our listeners a quick rundown of your podcast and a little bit about yourself and how much you love Red Rising. I love Red Rising all the way. This much, even. <laughs> so I am Thomas Boomhauer. I'm the host of High Key Obsessed, a podcast about pretty much everything and anything. Uh, I started off, it has a back catalog, a few seasons now. The first several were basically literally a different topic every episode. <clears throat> and then I switched to a season-long focus. So I have a season on heists and heist movies. And I have a season on Alexander the Great, which is yet unfinished, but will be finished. Nice. And I have a forthcoming season in March about women in history, co-hosted by Cassie from Sharkbait's Bookshelf. And special guest appearing on that, one Aaron Ayers. <laughs> nice. And Ben's been on <laughs> I've been on obsessed. a couple, yeah. And I think we were, on, we were on an episode with you, and we talked Red Rising as well, I think yes. both of us. Yes, you were on my first episode, nice. both of you. And then Ben has been on to talk about a couple movies. And I was on an episode of Howler Pod. We did. Yes, we did uh, the Iron Gold. Whiskey together. Did you do the Iron Gold book draft? Was that what it was? I did. Yes. I did. And I crushed you guys. <laughs> for <laughs> the voters. For the voters. For the voters. The votes are in. Damn democracy. Uh, democracy with a K. The Damn noble lie. Strikes again. Uh, and yeah. then, yes, we co we were both, us and Thomas, were co-hosts on the Words and Whiskey podcast for their season covering... The Greenbone Saga. Yes, the lovely Greenbone Saga. There's a lot of episodes of us talking about the Greenbone Saga. Yes, so if you have been entertained by Thomas <laughs> and his yeah. robe and his fire... For those not watching on YouTube, Thomas is in front of a fire... <laughs> overlooking what seems to be a large city. It's a medium-sized city, <laughs> he's, actually. he's wearing a robe 
allegedly with nice clothes underneath. Plush burgundy it is robe. Maroon. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Spilling yes. some bourbon at the piers. So living the life, as they say. As they say. Thank you. Um, um, I will let you in on another secret. It was actually Arnold Palmer. I left my bourbon at home. <laughs> you love of, an Arnold you, Palmer. Of course it's Arnold I, Palmer. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Guilty as charged. And then tell us real quick how you found the Red Rising saga. So I found Red Rising in about 2015 or 16. I think it was right after Morningstar came out. And I was in... I was about... 20 or so and i was in that position where like you're outgrowing your childhood favorite series but haven't yet hadn't yet found an adult book that i was really rocking with and my favorite childhood author uh rick reardon had a blog at the time where he kind of like published about what he had been reading and so he wrote about red rising and it sounded really interesting and so i picked it up I read the first couple chapters, put it down, didn't pick it up for like a year. Wow. And then <laughs> I picked it back up and have been obsessed ever since, basically. <laughs> I've just awesome. been reading it, rereading it. I read <laughs> Golden Sun in a Day, like most of us. <laughs> and, you know, I've just been obsessed watching this fandom grow and, you know, get there's a bunch of podcasts now. Everything's crazy. And it really is just incredible the series it is and the series brought us together yes now we're, you. we're friends because of red rising yes. how cool is that yeah that's the crazy thing like <laughs> how many friends we've all made from this i love it <laughs> let's talk lightbringer so i yes. you know have heard your personal reactions but the people have not tell the mm. people what so, they want Please tell us. Uh, we we got we to hear like your Lightbringer thoughts, your reactions, like your own little... Give us the Thomas personal review. Okay. So I have a book club with my mom. I like to buy her <laughs> books that are my favorite books I because when I was a kid, she took a children's literature course in college and would share those books with me. And I really miss doing that. So one year for Mother's Day, I got her the first five Red Rising books at the time. And she read them very fast and then was like, what the fuck? Where's this last book? You told me this guy writes fast. And then so I had to wait for Lightbringer. And then Pierce Brown came to New York City. I live in upstate New York. And she bought us tickets to go to the event. And so we're going there. We're rereading. We're like finishing our Dark Age reread as we take the train down to the city. And we get to Barnes & Noble. We get the book. And we sit down. And just immediately start reading. <laughs> and so I did that. I had taken the day off from work. I had the next day off from work so I can just read. And so I read it. Somehow my plans went awry. Ben finished it before me. So I was able to <laughs> finally for the know. back half text Ben my like live reactions. And I think it's just, I think it's kind of by far the best book in the series. It's so incredible. I think it's just like an accomplishment especially coming off the grim darkness of Dark Age. Mm -hmm. And also, I think we know a little bit of the inside baseball or even a lot of the inside baseball of how much Pierce struggled to write it. And so I think that, and then the fact that he landed it so well and that all, like, there's all this character growth, there's all this development. I think it's really just a really impressive work. And it's not perfect. There's flaws, of course, but it's 
damn near bloody damn near perfect <laughs> i love that little uh cute story about your mom and you reading the What'd book you, together. did your mom like it yes what's yeah she loves what's it mama she, Harris review as well she big howler pod fan she comments <laughs> on your guys instagram posts from time to time she told me to tell you actually i saved it for this that she said hi friends when she saw you on youtube <laughs> and that she's excited to see you guys yes hi thomas's mom we're also excited to talk to you hello <laughs> she also was a big uh greenbone soccer fan so that's how she became acquainted with you guys at nice. first okay. nice yes <laughs> okay so let's uh get into the chapters yeah let's talk chapter 71 and through by the way, 76 you're, thomas you're gracing us with your presence on at, i think the most exciting chapters in, it's the, a good week. in the whole book it's such in the a whole good series week. maybe <laughs> i think so when you guys first asked me to come on i was a and Am I allowed to say who the guest will be for the last uh, ones, if you even know? Mm, no, don't say it yet. Okay. Yeah. This well, is a tease. <laughs> this is a tease. <laughs> Everybody's going to think it's Pierce Brown. Your last <laughs> guest. Sorry. It's not it. <laughs> when the amorphous possible guest for the conclusion of this book. Mm, mm-hmm called dibs i was very upset <laughs> logan was very upset yes and then i was like and then i realized that miles who i need to become friends with <laughs> claimed the mustang in the mustang running from apple chapters yes, the labyrinth the chaos of that yep. the labyrinth i was also upset and then i was like hold on a minute Clang, clang, clang. Nice. Still available, which feels very much my speed based on the yes. episodes Ben has been on. I keep obsessed about. I agree. You're like so, a, an effect, an very action exciting. aficionado. So yes, you are. Uh, we brought on the expert yes. when we needed him. Exactly him. Uh, I do. I have a superpower when I read these <laughs> scenes, and it's that I picture in my head the kind of drumming thing from Troy when Achilles and Hector dueling that plays in my head during mm. all these scenes. Mm-hmm. Nice, really helps. That is such a good duel. I just watched that the other day. Yeah, and I need to rewatch. It's really good, but like, it's crazy how that all plays out because you like are cheering for Achilles for the whole first part of the movie. Like, he's awesome. He's Brad Pitt. He's beautiful. He's great. And then the, the Trojans are kind of bad, but then Hector is like so noble and good that you start to like Hector. And then Achilles turns into this like terrible, ugly version of himself and kills Hector. And you're, it's just, it's, it's kind of like how the, so the well Ascomani we're seeing fall. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's uh, so well done. I, I love that duel. So speaking of fall, let's start fall. there. Fall the okay. fraud. Fall the fraud. what do you think of this whole yes. plot twist? Where are you at on this? Like, I know some people are upset. He's no longer the badass that he, he was. It is quite a twist. I mean, it's a full, gave us full Wizard of Oz vibes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think on this one? So I didn't predict it to this extent, but I do think that I figured he would be somewhat of a fraud mm-hmm. because he was just so singularly impressive that it didn't make sense that he was such an outlier. Mm-hmm. And I didn't think... You know, Pierce is a big twist guy. He's a big subverting expectations, but in a good way guy. It just didn't seem, it didn't sit right with me that this would be Ragnar's actual father doing all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And 
tarnishing Ragnar's legacy this way. Mm-hmm. And so I think it, I saw a twist coming. I think I thought that the voice modulator thing would be fake once I heard TGR. Oh, really? The rendition of it. I thought, <laughs> okay. So I, that part didn't surprise me as much just because yeah. it was so crazy. Yeah. I was like fully convinced. You've heard it, right? I, yeah. Uh, yeah. TGRs. Yeah. 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 Um, I was like fully convinced that this was not Ragnar's dad, which turns out to be the, the one true thing about him. <laughs> yeah. Most, I mean, mostly Ragnar's sperm donor, really. But. Right. Sure. Yeah. Uh, but I thought that was bullshit. But, but then, so the thing yeah. with me is that like he's more jumped up like he's not a fraud he is that dangerous he is that impressive he just also has all these tricks and yep. things at his disposal yeah i think like, that's a really great point yeah well but he, the fraud is that is the whole atlas thing yes but yes. i i i don't think like for me it doesn't make him less of a badass this situation like fa is just because he has a, a financial backer well, just because he's like not who he says he is and he uses a voice modulator, like he's still this incredible force of nature. He's yeah. still able to harness all of this power. And he's also like extremely clever, smart. Like that makes him almost more scary and more badass yes. in my point. Because yeah. he doesn't even like doing this shit. Right. This is just his job. <laughs> yeah. 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 He's full like, on he like. This. Yeah. And Daryl even kind of <laughs> empathizes with him. Like, you know. Who knows what side he would have been on if he like had a choice. Yeah. And so. that and yeah. reading it like through multiple times, you know, like the first time I was just like, fuck this motherfucker. Like I hated yeah. him, you know, like and yeah. I was so happy that he got exposed and like it's still s- extremely satisfying. But this like, you know, on the third read read through here, now I'm like, you know, he's when he loses his kin shield and then like just the amount of it's, pain like, in his voice where he's just yeah. like let me just can I, can I go please like yes and then you're kind of like I started kind of feeling for him a little bit this time around <laughs> yeah so the, the thing that undercuts him is that he does go out sad yeah once he gets beat yeah he is broken utterly but he like think about when he sacks Vitra's ship how he's just like walking through mm-hmm. the meat straws sticking like people. walking into gold and it's just gold people. gold gold yeah. on his armor yeah and he's just wrecking dudes and wading through them yeah so maybe like some of the shine from his duels like obviously Sefi was poisoned and weakened from that you know like that takes the shine off yeah but he it's not like probably anyone but the main character that's killed in that duel even without (laughs) even with the leech right right yeah and yeah and the one thing that keeps me like my hate level pretty high is just like remembering how much he embarrassed Sefi and just like yeah and, and him making Volga heart punch everybody. Yeah, him doing that. Yeah. And just like the the fraudulence and the stealing, kind of like the, how underhanded that entire situation was and how they kind of like use the nature of the obsidians against them. That's just gross. Like, you know, it's real heavy manipulation on a level that's just like, you know, beyond any kind of, redeeming quality for me but but this time i was like for the first time i kind of had some feelings where it was like oh this guy's just like just wants to retire you know he's yeah. had a long hard life of right. like killing yeah. people but he has also 
killed a lot of people. <laughs> Maybe he shouldn't get to retire. Yes. No, yes. I, I he doesn't earn that retirement. So he got everything that's coming to him. But for the first time, I kind of felt a little tinge of like, he's losing his friend. Like everything around him is crumbling and he deserves all of that. But I just like, for the first time, I did have like a little bit of empathy for his situation. You're such a softie. It is. <laughs> I was like, heart punch him. I, it did get me this time too on the yeah. third reread of just like he is in the middle of a duel and drops to a knee at the second he gets a reprieve because his friend died. And then when Severo kills the sniper, he shouts out the name of them. Too. Right. Yeah. He's because these, just, these are their, like their brothers, their right. bond isn't any less significant than Darrow and Cassius right. and Darrow and Severo. They exactly. love each other just as much. Exactly. Uh, they're just, you know, fighting for the wrong, wrong side or whatever, but they feel justified in what they're doing. So it's just like, you know, yeah. Like he refuses to give up Atlas. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was such an interesting part to me too. And just like Darrow's just still not understanding Atlas at all. Yeah. Was, was interesting. Which Fa points out. Yeah. He's just like, you're never going to get it, bro. Are you? Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Take me back. Can I make an analogy for Fa? Yeah, go ahead. uh, I think we're all Dallas Cowboys haters here. (laughs) Sure. And so he's very much... (laughs) Like the Dallas Cowboys, where he beats up on the bad teams, but then the <laughs> second he gets punched in the mouth, he, he folded. I love that. And that's a bit of an exaggeration. You know, he beat up on some Sefi, not a bad team. And it took Daryl a little bit to... But, but once he was Sefi had some players hurt, broken. you know. She, she had some players yep. out on the injured list. Yeah, she so, was hurt, you know. Yeah. Sports. Sports. Uh, okay, Sports. so take me back to like the moment the first time you're reading this what was like what was that experience like like give me the play-by-play of you reading for this for the first time are you hooting and hollering are you jumping around are you like reading on the train with people around you tell me about that so that it's late in the book so it was a couple days later Mm -hmm. i think definitely was not on the train and I was just pumped. I think I was fully pumped. I think I was probably live texting you my reactions. <laughs> yeah. We could probably search. I think text. we were talking. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look. Okay. And text was... me. Do you know what clang, clang, clang means yet? And I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> Give me a break. I, so the funny thing is, except for when we did words and whiskey, I, when I read a book, especially the first time, I'm just reading it and I'm like, let's through it. I'm not theorizing really. Mm-hmm. I'm just, yeah. So I was just pure vibes and elation, I want to say. So I would imagine I was hooting and hollering, getting my grandstanding and hot dogging in. <laughs> but it was, I was just like, fuck yeah, this is sick. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely I like apt. pumping. I was doing a lot of fist pumping the first time around. Just like, ah, yeah. like get his ass. <laughs> just like, get him. Yes, yes. <laughs> and then this time, I would say, I thought it was kind of weird that Daryl was having like a full-on philosophical revelation in his head during this. Yes. During I understand it. he's in the flow state, <laughs> but he's like having this very high-level conversation with himself, basically. It is funny. Like he's There's like a two whole pages of him just being yeah. like full. Not there. EO yeah. used to do this. Yeah. Just remembering EO. It, it goes from, this is literally the most challenging fight I've ever been in to, yeah. hey, remember when I was a kid? That <laughs> EO. She was so beautiful. She's great. She's brave. It reminds me, and this this has only happened to me when I was performing a show that I'd done like a hundred times 
And so I'm like singing and dancing the same moves I've done over and over and over. And you just like forget where you are. Like I'd be on stage in front of people and being like, oh, I wonder if I turn off my straightener. And then like all of a sudden you like snap, like if anything goes differently, you like snap back to attention. You're like, did I just sing the right words? <laughs> yeah. You have no memory. And that, yeah, that's the only yeah. time I've experienced something like that. And that's, yeah, that's the flow, man. Yes. I it's mean, like a medit- you're like just so your body takes over. You don't need to think about it. Right. And I, I really love like what he compared, like how he talked about the amount of practice that he put in, like allowed him to kind of like unlock this where he's like, he, he was putting all his practice in with Cassius and you get to the point where you just like, you get to that flow state where you can just start making shit up. And as a former athlete, I understand that as well. It's just like, that's what used to happen in basketball. You practice so much and then yeah. you just get in a game and you're just, your, your body takes over, not your playing. brain. Yeah. yeah. And it's an incredible feeling. So I thought Pierce like did a great job of capturing that. Yes. Yeah. Especially after he, like when he's out of it a little bit, mm-hmm. but he's like, he's still waiting in the shallows. Mm-hmm. But that yes. was real too, where you kind of have like that buzz still, but you're not quite in it, but you're like, I can almost grasp it again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was some of Pierce's best writing. And then what what were do you have favorite parts or sections from these chapters? Yeah, like well, you mentioned like a couple like scene? anything that you haven't mentioned yet that stands out to you or anything that you want to touch on as a favorite part of this section? So obviously overall the playing, playing, playing. <laughs> awesome. Chasing Fa through the islands and island hopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just the breaking scenery. him down awesome but something that occurred to me today when i was re-re-re-listening <laughs> is that exchange we just talked about about eo being the bravest and standing for the breath of stone mm-hmm. and this like i feel like especially the latter half of the series darrow reminiscing about eo is kind of bitter or bittersweet at least and he remembers because of the mob taking her memory and twisting it and making her Persephone Persephone and not EO. And he remembers like, you know, she could be cruel. She could be cruel. She was a little girl, basically like she was foolish and angry and vindictive. But here he remembers a beautiful memory of her. And I, I don't, you know, I didn't reread the entire book in preparation for this episode, mm-hmm. just that section. How dare you? So I don't remember <laughs> if it was, you know, if that happens before, but that's stuck out to me as him really rec- reconciling both sides of his nature. I love yeah. that. Yeah, that's a great point. And I, I did love seeing EO in that in that light, not as like the victim who was brave in the end, but as like someone who was always brave. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I love like, this is like, we're able to weave these old characters back into the story and we get these old moments that we have never seen before from them, like the moment with Fitchner, this moment with EO, and I love how... This, it weaves together. Yeah, brings we, that stuff back in to the story. We get the breath of stone because of Fitchner, because of the path. Yeah, we're still getting like more characterization on these characters that are dead, mm-hmm. even at this point in the series, which is, which is really awesome. I really, I liked your call out on the confess. Like the com- one thing I really appreciated about that this time that I forgot about is how it gains momentum throughout mm-hmm. the chapters. Yes. I love that. I mean, that. he starts it earlier. They remembered. Yeah. And I was like, the theater. <laughs> he, like, yeah. he like preps it the whole time. 
And so, yeah, he's like setting it up. And then before they even drop the dome. Right. He's like, I'll let you live if you confess. Right. Buddy. Uh, and then, yeah, then like as the battle starts kind of turning or the duel starts turning a little bit, like some people start picking up the call and then it's like more people start picking up the call. And then it's like, they start the, with the Island hopping and then it becomes this like snowball rolling downhill at this point where everybody's yeah. in on it. And it's an avalanche. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But they're probably growing faster than the speed of sound of the confess is <laughs> catching up to them over and over and over again. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. uh but yeah i just love that like that that will hit so hard if that ever gets put on dude i can't wait film we're gonna have to wait forever if even animated that would hit hard uh, yeah i was thinking of arcane again just like the steampunk yeah how cool that would be when when the first person the first like extra person or extra obsidian starts picking up that confess call man that's gonna like whoo i'm like i'm so excited for that that's that's going to be great. Those weird little fucking Astromani start buzzing. Getting angry. <laughs> yeah. I loved how they were just like purely. I, I know. The that, Astromani that were like pure, like, let's do that. They're like, yes, they're in for this whole well, thing. And like Fa and his homies described, the Astromani are like feral. Like yeah. they are yeah. very much black and white. Like, right. right. Like, Killing and eating and fucking. That's right. like all their And their religion. It's just like... Yeah. And then this, like, Darrow kind of used what Fa did to the Volk. He, like, invoked their religion and used that against them. So now Darrow takes that and then he uses it against Fa to pull the Askamani away from him. And they're, like, fully in on this. They know of Darrow from, you know all of the hollows that have gotten out to the, right. to the far end. That one guy is like, sees the sling bait. He's like, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Ashbar. Uh, and Ashbar. then <laughs> they're just like in it. They're like, enjoy. I love how much they're kind of like reveling in it. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. They're like a drunk crowd at a football game. Yeah. <laughs> they're just like here yeah, for the show. Just experience. <laughs> yeah. This yeah. is awesome. <laughs> that, that is a really cool. So there's like the, pure dread like oh my god is Volta about to murder lyria yeah that's where this cuts off right that's yeah last section right. but then we're in this section yeah and it's okay dead horses times two in the fucking <laughs> leviathan very cool <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it and like the reds that were you know the enslaved reds who are carving mm. the stuff up they start howling immediately mm-hmm. which is cool yep and then he pops out all like I picture the Astromani like literally buzzing. They're so excited because this is well. He even says like they're like, like they're, this is the sacrifice to the all. They're like locusts. Like, yeah. <laughs> it said their strange armor like made a buzzing sound too. Yeah, yeah. They're uh, creepy, man. There's so many like yeah. really great, and we'll kind of we have this in our prime five. But I think it's a good time to bring it up as we're talking about like there's really great echoes with the Institute throughout this. Obviously the dead horses, but just like. Cassius, Darrow, and Severo flying off and howling like that's just reminiscent yeah. of them, you know, stealing the, band's the cook. Back together, I know man. it's just like there's so many like of those parts that echo and rhyme, uh, but work so originally in this book. And then um, I I saw echoes of the Gala Gala. Yeah, because when they crash down into like the feast, mm-hmm. and he's like stomping, and there's meat flying everywhere. Yeah. It's like another. <laughs> Gala Gala. Yeah, and he's like turning, you know, 
similar kind of turn where the first minute of the duel Fa thinks like he's got it but then immediately with the poison stuff like daryl's like yeah it's, a, uh, it's, uh, the, that's, it's yeah. that duel again yeah it's your arcos moment right there except he wasn't feigning being bad he was just bad <laughs> he's lucky he made it for that first minute <laughs> so this one might be obvious but i want to make sure that you have a vote this week so who do you have for primus of the week this week hmm <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you know, one of the things we value at Howler Pod, I'm inviting myself to <laughs> say this is loyalty to a friend. So, can we dismiss Fa's claim? <laughs> yes, we can, because Darrow is our partner of the week. Okay. I thought you were going to say Lyria for a second. I Bait was like, switch. I would have, I would have listened to the argument. Uh, yes, I, I think Lyria could be very yeah. much, but uh, or Cassius for working with Darrow. Mm. I mean, he was like the one that's like, dude, circle. <laughs> yeah. I love this. Don't call. shoot up. I mean, yeah. Darrow would have been chopped in half if Cassius weren't mm-hmm. there. Yeah. And yep. then the breath of stone, but, you know, yes. The book is the premise. Right. Right. Darrow. I mean, creating his own fighting for sure. him, I think wins. I'm just making other arguments. Right. You know, I'm always team yeah. Darrow. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a pretty good solid case for Lyria here. Like she sure. really, unlocks a lot of stuff like she gets volga to change her mind which kind of ultimately drives fa into a rage and like causes him to flee the situation so Mm -hmm. yeah i think it's more of like a a hockey assist for her than a real uh mvp it's probably darrow though but we'll find out later it's she if not for her None of this can happen, really, right? Because she, it, she had to beg Daryl to let her do right. this. And that distraction allows them to get in through the Leviathan and then mm-hmm. challenge Fa ultimately. Obviously, there's probably other workarounds to it, but. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In terms of. Not, I don't want to discount yeah. Lyria. Yeah. Yeah. And she, like you said, convinced Volger to stay and sit in her shit. Yeah. Yeah. That, that part is incredible. I really love that part. All right, final question. I know that this segment is close to your heart, so I wanted to make sure that you get uh, asked this question. Thomas, what are you into this week? Uh, I thought this was going to be, how was Cassius hilarious this week? <laughs> and I was not prepared, but I was I was prepared to Racking delight in the answer. <laughs> what am I into this week? Can I, I, can I hear the song, please? I can't. What are really, you into this week? <laughs> Thank you. I, this week, in belatedly into the bear season two. Oh, nice. Oh, you got into finally got into it. What's his name? Jeremy Allen White. I think. Yeah. You like, Ugly you like guy, the Haynes ad? <laughs> Calvin Klein. Ad. Calvin Klein. <laughs> he did look good in that, but in the show, I would say on balance, he is ugly. <laughs> I know. It's so interesting. Have you finished the season yet or where are you at in it? I did. Okay. I did. I finished season two. I watched both season one and season two in a day, yeah. but separate days about a month apart i don't think it's as stressful as everyone else says i couldn't watch it man it gave me anxiety it is i just i i think it's so well done and overall feels good Mm -hmm. i don't want to get into spoilers i guess but i think check it out if you are easily stressed then don't check it out (laughs) because your mental health is what matters yeah or if you have you know 
restaurant experience that would give you like PTSD. <laughs> yeah. I could, yeah. I don't have restaurant experience, but I could imagine somebody working in a restaurant watching that and just be like, fuck this. <laughs> I will say, so I feel, I don't, I don't think this is a spoiler, so I'll say it. The reputation of the main character basically is that he's a dick mm -hmm. and that's why it's stressful, I would guess. But I would say overall, my manager at Panera, uh, yeah, Panera Bread, <laughs> was a bigger asshole so so if you're listening fuck maybe that's you. why yeah yeah I would, I, it was it was really great i really enjoyed the second season there was some the like episode six episode seven were both Woo! episode six put you through the ringer for sure so yeah be ready for that one great awesome well thomas we appreciate you so much for coming on thank um, you for uh coming with the scenery and the drama because yes. this is theater thank you yes i uh i had to I had your no fire place. did go out i don't extra. know if... i turned it off it was it was getting very toasty <laughs> <You're just laughs> sweating. i have layers on i'm layered up <laughs> uh, I'm, trying to think, I'm trying to think if i have any tapes i wanted to draw off while i have the platform yes please yeah. and then we'll, we, all, we also us, want you to tell us how to find hikey yes. obsessed plug your stuff okay okay so I just want to touch on, he's barely in this section, but Diomedes, I think, Yes. you know, I was OG Diomedes lover like yourselves, I believe. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of hot for some reason. Early and often. Oh, yeah. Definitely. <laughs> he's just cool. He does the right thing most of the time. And here's the thing about the only flaw of this book, probably. We have Darrow, we have Cassius, and we have Diomedes corridor fighting and we don't see mm. it and then howler pod contains spoilers for the entire red bison saga good job cassius dies <laughs> yeah yeah we never see the like that can you imagine is a great point those three just together with several too by the way yeah yeah but like those are like the three biggest baddest motherfuckers like several's bad but he's not like a tank like that yeah, yeah. cleaning out those and like halls. to the point where they when Di they bring Diomedes in, they're like, holy shit, this guy's gigantic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it was like, kind of like a yada, yada, yada. It did get yada, yeah. yada. And then you come out of it. And maybe I, it got it, cut because the book's so fucking long. In the very next chapter, they're like, Diomedes and Cassius didn't even have a scratch on their armor, which I would have liked yeah. to have seen. Yeah. You know? And Darrow, yeah. I mean, Darrow has broken ribs and stuff. He should have probably just taken a I break. I feel like they could at least like get us down one hallway and then Darrow kind of like, you know, then we kind of get the. Then he's like, "I'm gonna go take a nap." We then we get the yada yada. But yeah. Like, at least give me like one. Yeah. You know. Sure. I want to see Diomedes in action. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I would like to see Daryl reacting to Diomedes in action. I feel like. Yeah. Even when Lysander does it, it's when Diomedes moves, people start to die. Yeah. But it's not like yeah. the vivid descriptions we get for a lot of other. We still characters. have not really seen him in full. Full fighting. Full metal. And maybe Panopoly. we. Maybe, maybe we just, will. He's too badass to describe. Yeah. Yeah, I think some of it, like some of what makes him so fun is kind of that unknown because you kind of fill in those parts with your, your own imagination, which is a valuable tool. Like you don't want to, you know, give everything away because especially if you're describing someone as that badass, it's hard to like actually make them that badass. You know, it's easier to just be like... I think if anyone could do it, though, Pierce could he, do it. He is really good. He makes Daryl yeah. sound... I mean, he makes Daryl incredibly badass, so... yeah. I, I do think we'll get that in Red God. We'll get Daryl reacting to Diomedes and be like, oh, fuck. Yeah, that'd that be great. That guy's good. 
And maybe it'll be fighting yeah. better opponents. Yeah, like put them up against some fucking some hallway golds. grimaces or something. Or yeah. the greys. Yeah. Not just ask money. Not just the little creepy guys. Yeah. Thomas, please tell us how can yes. we find you and what, what are you up to this season? So High Tea Obsessed is available anywhere you get podcasts, except YouTube. It is first word, high tea, like the opposite of low tea, and then obsessed. <laughs> it has a Twilight Zone type logo. In March, that logo is going to be purple because the next season is all about women in history. We have a couple episodes recorded already. There's going to be a bunch recorded and ready to go once a week. Aaron will be on talking about Julie Daubigny, a bisexual sword fighting opera singing French lady. I got on the opera singing one. (laughs) They were like, do you want to be on the architect one or the opera singing one? I was like, the one that's sword fighting. (laughs) Yes. Yes. (laughs) And we've had friend of Howler Pod and red rising and art and the environment and all books uh, hebe doodles we've had her on to talk about jane goodall which was a terrific oh, episode wow. and so those will be coming out in march so if you were there was i had a good bit that i guess isn't as good anymore but we had originally planned to record with aaron last week and so i was going to be like by listening you're now a time traveler but that is no longer <laughs> the case hey but yes, they won't, and they i'm won't. on Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. I've never posted on TikTok, but that's all at High Key Obsessed Podcast. Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much, Thank Thomas. You so much. This was super and I'll, fun. I'll talk to you in a couple days. It was. Yes. I'm excited. <laughs> all right. We appreciate you, ma'am. Ow. Yeah. Love you guys. Thank you. <laughs> yes. Ow. <laughs> that uh, Apple bit, that was great. Fantastic. Let me roll in. Thomas didn't know that we were both doing costumes today. <laughs> yes. You guys didn't even plan that. It's just... A, it's just you the, both love bits. Both of, <laughs> One thing that both of you love is bits. And I have buckets, multiple <laughs> of costumes. You do have a lot of costumes. And I didn't buy any of this for <laughs> this. I just had all this stuff. Thank you so much, Thomas. That was a great conversation. Yes. And, uh, and check out High Key Obsessed. Check out High Key Obsessed. Also, if you want some good... Bigfoot. Oh. Content. Right? Yeah. I just, I mean, just hop into his DMs if you want to talk about Bigfoot. <laughs> yeah. He'll love He'll it. talk to you about it. I, I send him Bigfoot videos every once in a while. I'm like, is this real or what? Yeah. Have you seen this one? Every time I go to Colorado, yeah. there's like Bigfoot stickers and keychains. And I'm always like, should I buy it? And I, I almost know. buy him one. But Big yeah. Bigfoot guy. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about our prime five. Five of our favorite insights and observations from this week's chapters. All right, let's talk Breath of Stone versus the Mind's Eye. Yeah. What do you think? Well, first, I think we don't see a lot of the Mind's Eye after Dark Age. Right. We like hear about it a little. Similar flow states, though. He's like, I I try to drop into it and it eludes me. Yeah. It's because you're on the wrong path, bro. (laughs) Exactly. I think breath of stone i don't know i like not as like meditative it's more like a it's still kind of like a meditative thing yeah to me it's more explainable the mind's eye seems a little more like a superpower yeah born out of a grandmother's abuse not necessarily a, a superpower but kind of like a special ability a special ability yeah 
which not, is what a like superpower I'm, well not like i'm just like i feel like a superpower like there's levels you know like sure. superpower maybe but highest like, level the breath of stones like batman yeah yeah Whereas i get what you're saying the mind's eye is like a little more than Batman, like which, an x-men mutant or something sure yeah but not quite superman no okay that's way too much yeah but yeah, you know, I never had a problem with the mind's eye. I know some people did because it was like a trump card. But I like the Breath of Stone more probably because it's Darrow and not Lysander. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. And there, I mean, one thing that I think Thomas mentioned, you know, similar language for both. Like right. with, Dar- with the way that Pierce describes them with the waiting in the shallows. And it, I do like that we have two sides of the same coin mm-hmm. with our good guy and our bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe we'll get a Breath of Stone versus Mind's Eye matchup at some point. I hope so. That'd be fun. Like dueling chapters. Or, and then the Mind's Eye fails because he remembers what he did to Cassius. Yeah. Uh, I'm just thinking about that. I'm super excited that Daryl now has this new fighting form that nobody knows. Right. And he's going to fuck people up. Oh, yeah. That just got me really excited thinking about that. Great. <laughs> I was excited to recently just read it. It's great. <laughs> and uh, uh, our next item, we actually kind of stepped on this alone a little bit with, with our Thomas. Thomas, but our Thomas, our Thomas, our Thomas, our Thomas. He's ours. Yeah, he is ours. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we wanted to talk about Darrow, Severo, and Cassius flying off together. Oh yeah, you know, just howling, chasing after Fa. This is just absolute chef's kiss. Is it three's company two? Is that it? I have no idea what you're talking I've, about. It's been spinning. <laughs> 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 but just like, give me this forever and ever and ever. Well, like, I just throw I back. I hate to tell you. I know, I know, I know what's coming. But I mean, just like this little throwback that just is so special. I mean, I'm so glad we got it. Like, this is to me like how the Star Wars sequels absolutely failed they never brought luke leia and han solo back together at any point in those three movies mm. and here yeah that really upset me well i mean it's just, just it's <laughs> it's easy it's something yeah. extremely easy and awesome to do and it never happened just sure. like that is ridiculously dumb their schedules didn't line up <laughs> well i mean there was some extenuating circumstances but they still didn't do it anyway we got that we got it. type of moment here yeah you know i wish we times. got more of it i wish we got more of it but we at least got some of it yeah and just and, the bros killing bros yep i think that's it's just important and then i also wanted to you know give a shout out to bedlam it's bedlam my old friend bedlam i feel like Dar- like that is such a great my old friend not only is darrow like it's bedlam my old friend but like that's we're like, like us too i know that's yeah, our, old, our friend, old friend and it's like pierce shouting and out like the fans Darryl got his groove back <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i i feel like that's like a little i don't know nod to the fans because we all like said hey pierce you said bid them like eight million times He's yeah like, it's a great word it is yeah he uh, didn't say hazard but we know <laughs> okay next up uh we have fa's reaction to the death of his kin shield yeah we talked about um, this with thomas a little bit as well but but not just the first of the two gorgons that dies inside but then the one that mm-hmm. several kills mm-hmm. these are his best buds i know this was just like visceral this time and around he's weeping yeah the first time i'm not sure that i caught that pain yeah but right to see it. and it's it's helpful to know 
what happens in these chapters when you're back when Atlas and the the crew is like hanging out and you're like, oh, they're like best buds. Yeah. They're like frat bros. Yeah. That have been together for years on years on years. They they all were each other's groomsmen. (laughs) Yeah. Think about being way the fuck out there, very far away from the sun. And they're the only like quote unquote civilized. Yeah. Dealing with monster people. people. Yeah. I mean, that's got to bring you together. Right. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, and then speaking of the Askamati, our next moment on the Prime 5, I just thought this was like a picture-perfect movie moment, and I, and I know we like to call these out. And there's it, so many in these chapters. Yes. The but, whole, it's all just one big movie. Yeah, this is uh, where Fa's like flying through the islands, you know, and Darrow's chasing him. And we get to that one moment where like this humongous Askamani like stands, stands up, up the black up hair. right in front of Darrow with a giant axe. And everyone's like, or, or, or. <laughs> and then he looks at Darrow and just goes, Ashvar? <laughs> Darrow nods. Darrow nods and he just like lets him pass. <laughs> no, he's, he sits down, brushes <laughs> a limb aside and then keeps drinking. Yeah. <laughs> and he kind of like laughs at Fa. He's like, I, I think like, this is one of those things that Pierce just does like so well and so smartly. Like, like the glimpses. Yes. And we just get this just enough humor to kind of, we've had this extremely tense yeah. moments, you know, like a lot of tension that's just been digging at us. But then we get this little kind of like moment to laugh at like how great some, how great this situation is, yeah. you know? And then uh, it's going then, our way for once. Yes. And then the chase is on again, but and then it also not only does it do that where it kind of cuts the tension a little bit of this chase, but it also illustrates really well just like the turning sentiment of Fa's followers, and right. like is another thing that just illustrates that. So really perfectly kind of lays it out where it's not telling us, it's showing us, and that's just really good writing. Take a drink. All right. <laughs> uh, and then we also touched on this with that uh, Thomas is kind of the theme of the project. Did you almost five. say? Did you almost call it Thomas Atlas? Uh, maybe. I should have said our Thomas. Our Thomas. Darrow still doesn't understand Atlas. And this is just still right. so problematic to me. Like, Darrow. But how Atlas is so elusive. How yeah. could he? It's He's true. a slippery little snake. Yeah. He's just like, and he really spells it out that he doesn't understand him when he's like trying to tell Fa that. Like, Atlas doesn't care about yeah, you. Yeah. Atlas thinks of you as a loyal dog at best. Where is he? It's like. Yeah, like give him up. He didn't nah, care about you. And Atlas yeah. is like, we're best buds. And, I, I, you're, and you're right. Like I shouldn't have the expectation that he would understand him. But this is like, just shows you how well. And then Atlas or Foz even like, you don't you don't know anything about him, yeah. dude. It just shows you how well like Atlas disguises his yeah. himself. And his and intentions. Just, and his intentions, yeah. And just like how tricky that motherfucker is. <laughs> like, <laughs> He's just scary and dangerous forever. Yes. Yeah. And then did you have, do you have a note card today? I have my note card. It's on my notes app. Wow. First of all, we backpack, backpack. We got another backpack. Yep. Piggyback. Um, Is this our last backpack? Uh, Maybe. Lirion Volga. She's like, don't carry me. (laughs) I'm not a baby. Okay. I have a few. Pierce says, uh, Darrow's like flowing and he's like, the mistakes i'm still making mistakes but they create new opportunities mm-hmm. and it reminded me of a teacher uh that was it was like a video training class for the licensure exams 
And he would always say, failing is a feature, not a flaw. Mm. Like everyone fails these exams. You're supposed to learn from it. Mm -hmm. So anyways, I was like, it's like Darrow's learning. Shit. I'm going to start telling my team that. Failing is a feature, not a flaw. Learn from it. Don't get discouraged. Keep taking your tests. I thought that since we just had the Super Bowl, spoiler alert, the fight started out like watching the Super Bowl which was like tense and not fun to watch because yeah. it was like, are we losing? Are we losing? <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen? I don't like this. <laughs> and then it turned into, it reminded me of Darrow like picking fall apart. And I, I have an older brother. He's two and a half years older. It reminded me of like when I was little and my brother would just like flick me in the head. Yeah. And then like, I'd try to like hit his hand and he'd like pull it away <laughs> and then he'd like come back, you know? So I, that's what Darrow was doing to Fa. He kind of like broke his spirit. With yeah, that. yeah. He was like, <laughs> <laughs> anyways, was <laughs> Evan. Thank you for flicking me in the head. <laughs> and then someone needs to do, has someone done this? The artwork of EO standing in the tunnel with the dark behind her and a smile on her face. Mm. Like we, we see EO mostly hanging or <laughs> like, you know, with like a mixed background or yeah. artsy, like it'd be cool to just have her in the dark like smiling yeah and they call it like a weird little smile yeah <laughs> <laughs> okay sorry uh lyria trying to pick up the warsaw i love lyria's <laughs> like, just like yeah. fuck yeah she's I like will <laughs> pick up Fa's words i've laughed at that too i was like and what are she you gets, like, doing away. Yeah. <laughs> and cassie's like get her out of here she's just such a red yeah. she's like ah <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if she like tried to punch him or something such a great moment yeah. uh, and then last off i don't know monty python this well but the the two Askamani that are like pissing off the side of the wall yeah. and then daryl like flies and they almost follow it reminded me of like the guy on the wall yeah. in monty python <laughs> anyways okay <laughs> there was my notebook oh i have one final note okay. i will say that when I, i'm reading my hard copy of the book and when I got to the end of chapter 76 and then turned the page and saw part four brothers slapped me right in the face, I I actually teared up just reading oh, no. part four brothers. I'm sorry, On babe. the page. I'm we like, could, uh, I don't know how we're going to get through. I can light some candles. Man, it's going to get real here real quick. Bring some tissues. Yeah. Like next week is like our heart to heart. This is what sure. Pierce does. He builds you up and then he... <laughs> Like the willow ways, <laughs> sweeps the trunk. <laughs> oh, I'm not ready. All right. Now that we've finished our prime five, it's time to name our primus of the week, where we choose the one character who conquered our practice of plot and rose above the rest. Our primus of the week is? It's Daryl. It's got to be Daryl. Got his groove back. Breath of stone. It's me. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> I'm much. I'm Daryl. I mean, out I'm wearing my armor. Volsung Fa. And it's Daryl, like, finally learning from his mistakes failing is a feature not a flaw finding Let's, his path we're path. we're building on this life that we've made and i love it i love that for him congratulations darrow good job darrow now we have the howler mailbag yes so let's go to cassie p and some tidbits yes cassie p cassie says no sign off this week either so she, oh, she's warning us yes so be <laughs> ready you. yeah Hello, Howlers. It's Cassie with tidbits for chapters 71 through 76. I'm going to talk a little bit faster this time because I've been using up more time than I should, and I'm sorry. Tidbit 1. I stumbled across some tidbits I had posted on the Red Rising subreddit four years ago under an old account. 
you can still find them under by searching the words just a word nuggets if you're interested anyways i came across this morningstar nugget that caught my eye a portion of darrow's primetime speech on phobos evoked the style of churchill's fight on the beaches speech what i mean by that is that they are at least similar in terms of composition i went back and listened to the actual broadcast by churchill and it was anticlimactic at best depressing at worst it was meant i think to convey a grim resolve and it did its job for its time in any case here's the quote from the nugget we will howl and fight to our last breath not just in the mines of mars but on the shores of venus on the dunes of io's sulfur seas in the glacial valleys of pluto we will fight in the towers of ganymede and the ghettos of luna and the storm-stricken oceans of europa for Darrow, the speech was meant to inspire. It was a declaration of his intent. Now, as of this book, most of those locations have made an appearance. The mines of Mars I see as the Rat Wars, the shores of Venus was Darrow's boondoggle and iron gold, the dunes of Io's sulfur seas we saw earlier when they fought Fa's obsidian warbands against Skarda. I don't think we've seen the glacial valleys of Pluto, but that seems too far away to show up at this point. And I don't know about the Towers of Ganymede. The ghettos of Luna I attribute to the Shadow War with the Syndicate in books 4 and 5. And we are, even now, at the very storm-stricken oceans of Europa. Tidbit 2. A lot of attention gets heaped on the classical Greco-Roman references because that's what I know and I latch onto. But I felt bad for the rich obsidian backstory that Pierce has given us. Alas, even looking back... I'm not familiar with enough to really find any sort of sparks or connections in there. I did, however, find this little hidden chin reference. Skarda comes from an old Norse word meaning notch and commonly refers to someone or people with a cleft chin. So we have Cassius's chin and then this Easter egg chin hidden in there. Tidbit 3, Gala Gala 2.0. I have been wronged. The only time that the phrase appears in Lightbringer is when Darrow accuses and challenges Fa during Fa's feast. In Golden Sun, the phrase only appears during the Gala Gala scene. TGR is brilliant in that Gala Gala scene. I have been wronged by this one, and this one, and that one. I love pointing to things in that kind of tone. No one ever gets it, but I get it, and I love it. Tip it for imagery. Darrow and his crew fly so low during the chase with Fa that they could see the expressions on the faces of two Askamani pissing off the seawall. This invokes any number of images. For the pissing part, Tyrion pissing off the edge of the wall on the edge of the world. For image of a warband flying so close to ordinary people going about their lives, came up with two things for me. Japanese fighters flying over Haleiwa and Honolulu during the attack on Pearl Harbor, and then allied Hueys flying over Vietnamese farmers in their rice paddies. Then there's Fa's words. The morning star has fallen from the sky. Evokes that biblical imagery of Lucifer, the literal light bringer, falling from heaven. Given the size of Fa, I also saw Gandalf fighting the Balrog as they fell through that giant cavern towards the underground lake. And tidbit five, lastly, I'll close and leave you with this. During Darrow's video game perfect chase sequence with Fa, I mean, come on, if he makes it to the Pandora, he'll nuke this entire island. That's a perfect video game like scene sequence setup. 
Now you have to go chase him down and make sure he doesn't get to the Pandora. Anyways, Darrow mentions the phrase, what will be will be, as he goes into his bloodlust. Now, I want to invite everyone to close their eyes if it's safe, slip into Red Rising TV mode, and create that battle chase montage of chaos and carnage, of weaving and dodging, of particle beams and torrides of superheated plasma, of blue-tinged contrails, and hundreds of tiny pollen-like specks, of splintering wood and spilling wine, all set to this light-hearted tune. Here's what my sweetheart said. What will be, will be. It's like the the make your own kind of music, <laughs> like the slow mo thing, yes. or like you know any yeah. like Deadpool or yeah, um, kind of Guardians K- of the Kingsman, Galaxy, Deadpool Kingsman. type vibes for sure. I love it. That is great. Great call out, Cassie. That was fun. I'm ready to play the Red Rising video game now that you mentioned it. I and I did text Ben and Miles earlier today, and I said, I'm sorry, but them in the dome with the spiked armor, I could not help but think that Fa was Bowser. <laughs> and it was like the final boss. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just, you're like, do, 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 the small Mario. Yeah. And you're like, fuck. You guys were on, you and Cassie were on similar wavelengths this week. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and I, sure. uh, thank you, Cassie, for the tidbits, but that that last one with the music, you've outdone yourself. Fantastic. Fantastic. Wow. Yeah. All right. We've got another voicemail here today. So Hell let's yeah. go ahead and listen to that one. Hey, Ben and Aaron. It's Nate. I know most of the voicemails you guys receive have smart literary analysis of Pierce's work. Uh, but I'm not much of an intellectual, so instead, since it's Super Bowl week, I thought I would share my Super Bowl player Red Rising comparisons. I'm sure no other Red Rising podcast will have this analysis. Uh, first off, Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are Virginia and Darrow. No explanation needed on that one. George Kittle, Sebro, a little crazy, but you definitely want him on your team. Christian McCaffrey is Cassius. They're both pretty boy badasses. Andy Reid is Kavox, both goofy old strategists. If you don't think Andy Reid could be a telemontist, you need to Google the video of him at the punt pass and kick competition when he was 13. It'll all make sense. And lastly, you're not going to like this one, but Patrick Mahomes is Lysander. I liked him at first, but I've grown to hate him. Of course, as you guys know, I'm from Denver, so this is coming from a disgruntled Bronco fan. Uh, I probably lost most of your audience with that, but uh, since I recorded this before the Super Bowl, I want to wish your Chiefs a begrudging good luck on Sunday. Uh, I'm sure we'll hear about it one way or the other next week. But uh, the real reason I called uh, was to thank you guys for how much Holler Pot has enhanced the books for me, uh, and I'm sure other hollers as well. Uh, I loved the books before I found your podcast, but now I'm essentially completely obsessed. I could never have imagined listening to a book podcast, let alone traveling by myself to an event like HowlerCon before I found you guys. But I'm so glad I did. HowlerCon was one of the most fun nights of my life, and I met some awesome people there. Uh, You guys have really created an incredible community, and you should be really proud of that. Uh, Aaron, I'm not sure if it will make you famous with the masses, as you told me was your goal in Tulsa, but uh, you guys are both stars to us. The chapters we read this week really reminded me of how much your podcast has meant to me. I still remember the glee I felt when I read these three words for the first time. 
Clang, clang, clang. Keep up the great work, guys. Omnis for lupus. Wow, Nate. Dude, Nate is a homie. He, we, we went all night with Nate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Nate, that was so nice, dude. Thank you very much. That was, that was, you gave me chills. And I don't even know who all those people are. <laughs> and I'm a Chiefs fan. And I'm like, I'm sure. People... Well, some of them are on the 49ers. Okay, I was like, why. who's that guy? <laughs> <laughs> And how dare you, Patrick Mahomes is not Lysander. Uh, We're not friends anymore. <laughs> and now that they've won, we appreciate your good luck. We need yes. it. Uh, so last year, Super Bowl, I was snowboarding and I wore, I have like an XXL t-shirt from Walmart <laughs> that I wore over my ski gear. And last year, everyone was like yelling at me and booing and like <laughs> F the Chiefs, you know. This year though, everyone was like, Where's Taylor? <laughs> like, like that's weird. I thought like, we were way more liked last I year. I know, than and then this lots year. of people were wearing Chief stuff. Yeah, I think it's just like because we're playing the 49ers lots of Kansas and people. like yeah. they're all on the West Coast. They're not in Colorado. Yeah, I did have one go 49ers yelled at me, and mm. then I didn't have a comeback. That guy's having a bad day. I today. was like, ah, oh, he, he he like skied past, so I was like, ah, oh, I missed it. <laughs> Gotta get that guy. Well, haters can suck. Haters it. gonna hate. Because hate, hate, we hate, went hate. back to back, <laughs> bitch. All right. Thanks, Nate. <laughs> Nate, that was extremely nice. We next step. Really appreciate you. And we and miss you, and we'll see you at next HellerCon. You had great comparisons, except for Patrick. And that voicemail was mostly for Ben. Yeah, Patrick deserves better. Sports. We have an email from Jen G again, and the title of the email is Akari Bear Witness Loads Dishwasher. <laughs> Low Howler Pod, I have a question for the more martial-minded howlers. What exactly constitutes an honorable weapon? Because full metal panoply or not, if honorable weapons are agreed upon and my opponent showed up with a fuck-off gigantic <laughs> weaponized chainsaw, <laughs> I'd call shenanigans. <laughs> I thought that too. That's a pretty good point. It was just like... Brrr. Yeah, what is... What's what is, going on here? What's under the definition of honorable there? You can't use guns, I guess. Yeah, Lysander, you can't use guns. I, I would think that that probably not honorable fits. Yeah, I would say based on no honor. Yeah, no honor, no time. A Kari bear witness changes topic. <laughs> Volga man, really, hun? I know you had it hard, but you ripped out twelve hearts. Was it thirteen? How many colors are there? Thirteen hearts, I think. I can't remember. The pyramid. I think it's just fourteen I think colors. Here's the thing, though. I think it's really important to hold a bit of grace, if not forgiveness, in reserve for Volga. For Volga. I don't think Volga lost herself. I think Volga has never really had a chance to actually know herself, and I think she's in full survival mode at this point. She was a test tube baby discarded for reasons beyond her control to try and survive on Luna. I love Ephraim fucked up asshole that he was, but while he may have created slash represented a type of safe harbor for her, he was not a good one. He used her and largely only educated her in directions that would further his own ends. His heart made it to the right place in the end, but Volga's formative years were very much shaped by a different Ephraim that than the one that we've come to love. Volga has gone from test tube reject to art scammer, freelancer reject Think back to the story. Not a lot of respect here. Just mild to moderate scorn from her teammates. That was in parentheses. To Obsidian slash Askamani reject. She sort of knows what she wants. She mostly knows what's right. 
but does she? That was me. Does she? (laughs) But she doesn't really understand how to get there. And she doesn't really understand the shape of the worlds because of all her father figures have strung her along. That's true. She's a sweet baby. After Fa got in her head, I think she locked away the part of herself that thought and felt deeply to try and see Volga in the light of a person undergoing long term abuse and isolation. Her abusers may not have laid hands on her, but they still damaged and crippled her heart and soul in countless ways. And she's had no other frames of context for her life. Of course, her first response is to grab Lyria, her only real touchstone to what is good and try and escape. Also, Volga answering, it was a sign of respect to Lyria's, he ate Ephraim's heart, was hilarious. <laughs> that was a little too much. Which was from, a sign of respect. It, it was a sign of respect. That is a really good, great point, Genji. I read this email yesterday, and I was like, I was too harsh last episode. I mean, we love our girl, Volga. You know we like, love our girl, Volga. She's got to make up She a can have bit. the second muffin now. Still, I'm still taking well, the first muffin. I'm going to hold the muffins until we see <laughs> if she can, you know, account for. I'm still taking my favorite muffin, but she can have the next muffin. She can have the raisin muffin. Yeah. Do they make raisin muffins? I don't know. Probably. Craisins. A Kari Bear Witness feeds my fish. Oh, how's your fish? I got, we got several emails with people talking about what they would do with a Kari Bear Witness. And that's. All thanks to you, Ben. I, I was really happy. I was so proud of the You're howlers. You're a memeable guy. <laughs> I was really proud of the howlers on that one. Okay. Um, Ari, the Askimani, and their various physical descriptions. The Askimani were originally obsidian, right? From the Dark Revolt who were never captured. They stole carvers and the like and bent them to the uses of the Askimani. So we're talking obsidians absent the control of the society, modifying themselves in whichever badass ways they see fit. Dudes, you know what? Keep the asteroids. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> hey, if if we can keep Pluto and Neptune, you guys can totally have the whole orc cloud and everything else. <laughs> Please don't come for us. Okay, thanks by the society. <laughs> Akari Bear Witness goes to bed early because I'm old. Jen. Thank you, Jen. That was great awesome. email. <laughs> that was just great points. Wonderful humor, Jen. You're a pro. I'm also about to go to bed not early because <laughs> I'm podcasting <laughs> and I'm tired. <laughs> just kidding. All right. You know what it's time for? What are we into this week, Aaron? What are you into? I'm into a musical artist, also actress in Mean Girls, <laughs> the musical. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, movie musical but she was also on broadway renee rap um she recently performed on snl and did a great job i like her album snow angel and the songs i like best on the album are snow angel the the what do they call it title track Mm -hmm. and tummy hurts tummy hurts she's just got a great voice uh oh there's another song shit is this like poppy stuff or what are we talking about yeah pop full pop Full, Full metal pop. Full metal pop. There's another song. It's like in the kitchen or something. Uh, not on that album, but I've been listening to it for like a year or more and I love it. It's on like my moody mix mm-hmm. on uh, Spotify. And then I was like, oh shit, that's Renee Rapp too. Mm-hmm. She's great. Ben, what are you into this week? Wow, guys. <laughs> so this Besides was a tough week. Detective. Yes, because I started watching True Detective, Night Country, Banger. 
it's terrifying. And you watched on a plane and you yelped out loud, right? I was about, I was like wanting to scream so bad. (laughs) (laughs) There's some gotcha moments. Oh man. Um, So yes, that's kind of what I was into, but you said that last week. So in an effort to have, you know, something original, we've been just sucking up Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift content over at our house. It's, oh yeah, it's been a lot like, all, all, so you know, Super Bowl was on Sunday. We're big Chiefs fans. No, neither me or my girlfriend are Taylor Swift fans, and I really do not connect with Taylor Swift's music. But we're like, gosh darn it, we're gonna listen to some Taylor Swift today. So we listened to like two to three hours of Taylor Swift while doing nice. other stuff, uh, getting ready for the Super Bowl and hosting like a little Super Bowl party, and I would like to declare that i now have a favorite taylor swift song what is it it is cruel summer that's a banger i don't think she has that the one that's like yeah something like that yeah that was a bad (laughs) representation i will say like for me she doesn't have a ton of bangers but that one is a certified i don't think you're her target it's a certified banger um so yes i i i really gave to taylor swift a real college try this weekend and we we listened to a lot of Taylor because we were on a ski trip with our friend Ashley, mm-hmm. who stands Taylor, and I made Ashley a friendship bracelet. Wow! With Casey Chiefs on it. I do love Taylor Swift and how involved she is with, and I love her and Travi together. They're it's, so cute. It's fantastic. And I mean, all the content that <laughs> of them like partying after. <laughs> her parents are there. Give it all to me. Ugh. Yep. So that's what I'm into this. So week. you're just shipping. Yep. That's what you're into. Yep. Yep. I Great. want I want to eat it all up. America's sweethearts. Yep. Fade away, America. What's coming up next week on Howler Pod? We're gonna do chapters seventy seven through eighty three, part four. Brothers. Brothers. Are you sure you want to? We could just <sighs> we can stop right here. Yeah, we could just be satisfied. Live our lives. All right. Let's get out of here. Thanks for all the love. <laughs> <laughs> We we quit. <laughs> <laughs> Cassius lives on. Okay, Howlers, we don't quit. We'll be back. Special thanks uh, to Miles for our episode art. Follow Miles at Mbensky Designs. Special thanks to Nick Brenlow for the amazing voice work. Special thanks to Red Prince Rising for my helmet. Ben has one too. It doesn't fit on the show. <laughs> His has like rainbow shield. Yes, I love it. You'll wear it next time. Sure. Yeah. We just it's hard to podcast (laughs) when you have a helmet on your mouth. Uh (laughs) follow us at Hallerpod, Instagram, X, Facebook, Etsy, email us, Hallerpod at gmail.com. Leave a voicemail, one eight hundred five one six one five four zero. Uh the links to all this is Hallerpod.com. Tell someone about the books this week and rate and review us five stars only. If you don't give us five stars only then we'll rip your heart out and say unworthy Unworthy. all right thanks hellers omnisphere lupus